very much into sports, uh, especially football, um, the soccer kind, right? Um, and my dad was, uh, unfortunately, the coach for many of the teams that I played for. And I say unfortunately because uh, he really drove us. And um, being the son of the coach didn't endear me to many friendships um, in the team. My dad would uh, get us out onto the field. Now, I was fortunate because I was a goalkeeper, and as a goalkeeper, you didn't have to run as much, you know? You just jumped a lot, basically. Um, and that worked really well for me because I just don't like running, full stop. Unless I'm being chased, then, then I'll run. Um, but, uh, you know, and so he'd run us really ragged and hard and the whole thing, and then at the end of the training session, he'd sit us down, almost at the point in which we're just thoroughly exhausted, and then you'll go through some of the... Um, the things that he wanted to highlight. Hey, we're going to play this team on Sunday, so watch out for this and watch out for that, and you know, you've got to keep your eyes on this and keep your eyes on that after the training session, which I always thought was really weird. Why didn't you say that before we trained? And Dad said, nah, there's a trick to it, because that will stick in your head. Many, many years later, my dad passed away. I ended up in the States uh, as a youth pastor, and I would attend a lot of the training sessions for American football, um, where they would, a lot of the youth who were in the high schools were playing in these teams, and I'd go watch them train sometimes, and I could see the coach do something very similar. He'd get them all out, he'd run them ragged, he'd bang their heads, he'd throw balls, the whole thing, then he'd call them in, take a knee, and give them a kind of a roundup, a warning. And I thought, oh man, my dad used to do that. And I was like, oh wow. Then I realized, as I was prepping for this sermon, Jesus is doing this in the Sermon of the Mount. Now, for those of you who might have missed last Sunday's sermon, that is the pinnacle, the, uh, the, 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 the highlight of the whole sermon. The whole Sermon of the Mount begins with the Beatitudes. It goes straight, building right up to this very point. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 to 12, that is the crux of the whole thing. You heard it last week, kind of explained it, unpacked it for you. That was the meat. That's what he was building up to. That's the crescendo. That's the point when you stop and you have to breathe because, wow, okay, let me breathe. And it's like from here on, he takes this role of the coach where he tells everyone to come in close, take a knee. Let me give you just some tips now that I've told you all this stuff. Let me give you a heads up. And he starts with three warnings. First warning, don't look to shortcuts. You know, the market's flooded with these easygoing, fast-track ways to spirituality. Don't go with that. Don't go with that. Don't, don't treat your faith as though it's something you can do in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff, even though crowds of people do. The way to life to God is vigorous, and requires total attention. Now, just imagine, it's difficult for us when we're reading text on a, on, on, a, on a page. It's black and white. We read it as we read it. But can you just imagine Jesus just calling in the people, getting closer? His voice has dropped a little bit. And he's going, hey, you've heard all this. Here's the first warning. Heads up. Watch out. You know, this requires a whole lot of your time and attention. This is not fairy stuff anymore. This is the real deal. It's interesting with this first warning. 
What he's talking about are choices. What he's talking about are actions. He talks about the big gate and the small gate. In Jerusalem, there were many gates, right? And a lot of big gates were great for anyone who wanted to just wander in, not seen at all. You just kind of mingle with the crowd. Sometimes you're pushed along with the crowd. But the smaller gates, everybody saw you walk in. They knew what you were coming in. They could see you. You stood out. And there's an intentionality about that. We can get caught up because our parents were good Christians. Or we are good people. We just go with the flow. But Jesus is saying, no, actually, you've heard everything I've just said. I've gone through a whole lot of teaching, kind of got to that crescendo last week. Now I'm warning you, you need to put a lot of your time. You can't treat this as a side project. I require, Jesus says, all of you. Your choices matter. You can choose to go through the small or the big. The big's easiest. Just go with the flow, hidden in the crowd. Whatever everyone else is doing, I'll do. I show up to church on Sundays. I read my Bible at least twice a year. Christmas and Easter. Or sometimes Christmas. Or maybe Easter. I put my Christian shirt on every once in a while. But I'm lost in the crowd. I'm quite happy like that. And Jesus is saying, no. You need to stand out. And you've got to be really intentional about it. Going with the flow is a choice. The action of it is a choice. Jesus' challenge is this. You can't just get lost in the crowd. You've got to stand up. And he goes on to the second warning. Be wary of false preachers who smile a lot, dripping with practiced sincerity. Chances are they're out to rip you off in some way or other. Don't be impressed with charisma. Look for character. Who preaches are is the main thing, not what they say. The genuine, a genuine leader will never exploit your emotions or your pocketbook. These diseased trees with their bad apples are going to be chopped down and burned. It's interesting. When we read this, we think of it as, as if we're pointing to somebody else. But Jesus is not pointing here to the bad prophets or the bad preachers. He's pointing to us. And he's pointing to his people and he's saying, actually, warning number two is that you're actually responsible for what you are hearing. You are responsible for what you are taking in. There's going to be some people out there that are going to tell you some really wacky stuff. You are actually responsible whether you take that on board or not, whether you accept that or not. You can't just walk away because Rob preaches such a great sermon and he can come up here and and talk to us all and really get us riled up you're the one that's going to be standing before God. And his warning is, there's actually going to be a lot of them around. It's funny. We tend to go to churches that make us feel right. The Arise-style churches with their big shows, we love the big shows. Or the kind of Pentecostal churches with their big Holy Spirit power thing going. Or even those really conservative brethren churches with the right theology. 
we tend to go where we hear the things we want to hear. And Jesus here in his second warning is saying, you've heard it from me now. You've heard this whole sermon. Actually, you are now responsible for what you hear from here on. It's not good enough just to go to church and be happy with what you hear without being challenged by whether it's right or wrong without going home and maybe opening up the Bible and looking at it and saying, do I really agree with what Rob's saying this morning? Am I okay with this? Because ultimately, the second warning is, you are responsible. And the third warning, he goes on, knowing the correct password, saying master, master, for instance, isn't going to get you anywhere with me. What is required is serious obedience, doing what my Father wills. I can see it now at the final judgment. Thousands strutting up to me and saying, Master, we preached the message. We bashed the demons. Our God-sponsored projects had everyone talking. And do you know what I'm going to say? (laughs) You missed the boat. All you did was use me to make yourselves important. You don't impress me one bit. You're out of here. You can tell the Bible translator was American. You know, you're out of here. And this third warning kind of sums up all three. You've heard me preach on this before, but the third warning can be summed up like this. Your inside is more important than your outside. Sometimes it's, it's easy to tick a box. But where is Christ in your life? Where is Jesus? Is he as important to you as, as maybe your career is? Or as maybe your uh, hobbies are? Or the well-being of your children? Is Jesus number one? It's fascinating. I'm, I'm doing a bit of research around churches of late. And we've noticed it in our church, but across the Baptist denomination, we're noticing it even more so. Not only are we looking at lacking numbers on a Sunday morning, but it's really interesting what else we're finding issues with. When I first came here five years ago, the regular churchgoer, the people that we thought of as being, yes, they're really integrated into this community, they're really, they would come three out of four Sundays. Today, they come two out of four Sundays. And we still consider them regulars. If there's a fun run going on in town, oh, let's go for the run. If there's a, a, a family that's come into town, or if it's a great day, and let's just go have a buffet breakfast in town or somewhere. Those things take precedence. Now, I'm not going to argue this morning whether Sunday is really that important or not. There's a lot of arguing around that. What does church community actually mean is a whole other discussion. But the challenge I've got is, actually, is that symptomatic of where Jesus really is in your life? Because that's the challenge. Because these guys were doing some pretty awesome stuff, right? They were bashing demons, they were performing miracles, prophesying. And yet Jesus didn't care what the output product was, he cared what was inside. He cared where their hearts were. 
And they, those three warnings kind of build on each other. Actually, the choices you make are important. Your actions speak of that. You are responsible. You, you are responsible before God. I'm not the one who's going to stand before you and God. It's going to be just you and Him. You are responsible, and ultimately, you know what's most important? It's not ticking the boxes. It's being obedient to the will of God in your life. That's a challenge. That's an immense challenge. How are you finding it? Have you found it difficult, maybe, to put Jesus first? Have you found it easier, maybe, in the kind of climate that we live in to find a house than it is to maybe give time to Jesus? Are you willing to give everything up for him? Everything. Abraham was willing to give up his firstborn, his onlyborn. Jesus gave up his own life. Now, I'm not asking you to go out and sacrifice your kid. That's illegal. Okay. Nor am I telling you to go out and sell your house or stop the house hunting or don't watch Liverpool play later tonight because everybody should be watching Liverpool play later tonight. I'm not, I'm not saying any of that, but, but the challenge you've got this morning is where have you placed Jesus in your life? And at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, we've got one more sermon after this, which is the final warning in a sense. But here Jesus has just kind of hit us with the, the heavy thing last week, and this week he's just kind of saying, okay, let's dive down a notch, take a knee, come in close. Let me just give you this warning. I've told you all these things. I've given you these three warnings. You are responsible. You are making the choices in your life, and your actions will matter. And at the end of the day, I don't care what you've got to show me. I want to see what's inside. And you know what? As Christians today, we're really good at showing the outside, but we're not really good at showing the inside. Why? Because for most of us, the inside scares us, let alone what we think other people think. Right? It shouldn't be that way. Last week's sermon, as hard as it might have been for everyone to hear should be normal for us to be able to share what we are really struggling with with each other. We should be okay to say, I can't do this. Are you comfortable telling the person next to you that you haven't picked up a Bible in months? Are you comfortable telling the person next to you that I don't know how to pray? Or I don't believe God hears me? Or where is he? We are God's children. We are his people. This should be a safe place for us to share our insights. Now, I've got a lot of insights. I'm losing it a bit every week. I'm but we all have quite a lot of insights. I ask our music team to come up 
Now, for some of you, you've got some time off over these next couple of weeks, family time and all, but I just want to challenge you, set some time aside. Set some time aside. Maybe open up a Bible. Start conversing with God. Look to Jesus. And, and be challenged by these three warnings that he's laid before you. Hey, your choices matter. Your, your actions matter. You, you are responsible. So even the electric guitar agrees with me. It's awesome. And your inside is more important than what you've got on the outside. Because that is where God is looking into. I pray we be a support and a love to one another in allowing each other to be open. You know, in Acts chapter 2, the world around saw this church and what they were doing, and they envied it. They loved it. They saw it, and they wanted to be a part of it. Today, the opposite is happening. The opposite's happening. They're looking at the church, and they're saying, we don't want to be a part of that. Well, let's start by opening up our insights to each other. Amen? Amen. Father God, as we come before you this morning, Jesus, we're challenged by your words all the, all the way back to chapter 4 of Matthew when we started this journey. Challenged by what you have laid before us. And now as we come to the end of it, as you bring us closer and you hit us up with these warnings, Lord, these challenges, be careful. Watch out. Help us, Lord, to embed these warnings into our hearts so that they become a part of who we are, that our insides become far more important than our outsides. And help us, Father, through your Holy Spirit to be as open as we need to be here, Lord. For each and every one of us, Lord, I pray. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.